the Bible Leadership Podcast. Jesus doesn't need us to be kooks, but he does need us to not hide our light under a basket. What up, my friends? My name is Pastor Mark Carter. Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. We like to say that we're connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Our mission is to bring you regular doses of Bible-centric leadership coaching to foster greater confidence, improve your leadership instincts, and keep you leading from a heart that is connected to Jesus. Hey, few quick announcements on the front end. The Midweek Mana podcast that has typically been a part of this show is moving over to the Fierce Church podcast course. I lead Fierce Church, so I really like a lot. I think you would be really blessed by subscribing to it. But here's the why. Spiritual leadership is really important. But spiritual development is also really important, and not all spiritual development is about leadership. So we're moving the Midweek Amanda podcast over to the Fierce Church podcast. Just to let you know, we're going to keep on producing leadership content right here on the BLP. Three batteries of replenishment. You and your team's effectiveness rides on your ability to raise your leadership lid and spiritual depth and the murky waters of church hurt. All that's coming up in the final part of this year and the first part of next year. So don't go anywhere. Boy, what are the difficulties and blessings of going public as a Christian in maybe a more outspoken way? I know that so many of us wrestle with wanting to appear more zealous for Jesus, but we don't always know how that is going to be received. And we end up kind of trying to appear nice, but in a lot of ways, we're actually veiling our allegiance to Jesus. So I'm excited today to talk to you about or to share with you my interview with Dr. Tracy Jones. This is our full interview. We uh, had a little bit of time a couple podcasts ago, but here's the full thing. And it's really about how why leaders should go public with their faith. I wanted to save the rest of this interview until we got closer to Christmas because I really just believe people are a little bit more receptive to spiritual things and we probably need a shot in the arm about just being outgoing for Jesus. Dr. Tracy's going to share just some real gold about her own journey of becoming a more out loud Christian. And by this idea of out loud, I don't mean awkward or brash or off-putting or anything. Instead, I just mean talking about your life with Christ in a decisive and specific way. I'm hoping that hearing her story Story and some of the pearls of wisdom she's learned will help each of us live in a way that's more obviously pointing to Jesus. So let's head on in. Here's why leaders should go public with their faith. Let's listen. Well, what up, everybody? Welcome back again to the Bible Leadership Podcast. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with Dr. Tracy Jones. Dr. Tracy is a dynamic leadership expert, author, public speaker, the author of two books, Beyond Tremendous, Raising the Bar on Life, and Spark, Five Essentials to Igniting the Greatness Within. By the way, Dr. Tracy, I am so enjoying Spark. I, honestly, I'll tell you, the, the title would not lead me to believe how powerful, not to say Spark isn't a powerful word, but I was... <laughs> The powerful leadership principles there are just really compelling. So thank you for writing that book. That is good stuff. And she's the president of Tremendous Leadership. I've also found her to know many of the BLP listeners know that she is fiery uh, when she was on the podcast. And I was on her podcast earlier. Um, she's always fun to talk to. And she's just stirred up and fiery about drawing up the potential that is within leaders and stirring them up to be all that God made them to be. Dr. Jones, welcome. Thank you so much, Mark. It's just such a tremendous honor to be back and chatting with you, brother. You've also just got a dynamic YouTube channel. I don't know 
how much you were involved with putting that content out, but it's just good stuff. And, Thank uh, you. Thanks so much. My people to go check it out. But today it's kind of a special day, getting to know Tracy a little bit more and hearing some of her story. I was really surprised slash encouraged slash like, oh man, that's a great lesson to hear about. Tracy, you'd mentioned that it wasn't always true that you were kind of an out of the closet Christian. You were a Christian, but in terms of bringing that into your leadership life, in terms of bringing it into your you know, uh, development life, business life, that wasn't necessarily a part of it. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that story? Like, what was it like when that was happening? Why did you, uh, what do you think the temptation was that kept you from maybe going all in as a, hey, I'm a Jesus girl while I do this? Well, I think when you're growing up and you're exposed to Christianity early and you have great familiar role models and you're around vibrant Christians, you believe, absolutely, I became a Christian at a very young age. I understood that I, I, I had to make it a personal decision. But then you kind of get into a, I don't think you really understand how bad you are (laughs) and how much you need and how great love Christ's love is for us. And I I was thinking of something I have to go. uh, I I adopt animals. I've adopted many animals and I have uh, right now three dogs and four cats. So I love adopting. And I always consider that adoption, I go look at the animals and I adopt them. I see something in them and I bring them in. So I thought, well, you know what, when I gave my life to Christ, I made the decision and I picked up Christ. Well, yes, I made the decision, but the fact is the Holy Spirit adopted me first. Okay. And that was, a, that was a powerful truth for me because I'm like, this has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And so I think growing up with, with great, great Christian people, um, I understood the Christian walk, but I always thought, well, I already have kind of a head start on it because of my upbringing. And yeah. I, I guess in reflection, that's why I didn't really allow the Holy Spirit. Um, he had possession of me, obviously, because I was saved, but he didn't have control of me. And that, that's a different thing. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's a story that many people have. You know, they, they even know Jesus, they, they walk with Jesus, but there's a brokenness that he has not yet brought to their leadership or to their personality. And so I think that that is an awesome thing when that finally happens in our walk with God. But in all that time, you know, as you're walking through this, did you ever sense there was more? Did you ever sense like, I wonder if God would really just, did you sense there was areas that maybe Jesus didn't really totally have his control over because you were kind of like holding it close to the chest a little bit? Well, the other thing, um, and that's a a great question, Mark. The other thing was because I'm um, German and grew up in um, Amish country, I kind of have this, well, suffering is all part of it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not that that's a bad thing, but I was like, well, my lot in life is I'm blessed, but nothing's really ever going to go right, you know, kind of thing. And I just thought that was part of the walk, not realizing that it wasn't going right because I was making wrong choices and God in his graciousness, we have free will. He allows us to go ahead and do this. And so I just thought I, in the back of my mind knew, um, well, and I didn't do anything intentionally bad or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Criminal or or illegal, but I, I didn't, I did not walk with him. I kept trying to do, like I said, with the adoption thing, I kept doing trying to do it on my own power and strength because God gave me all these gifts. He made me strong. He made me tenacious. He gave me this great upbringing. Now I'm going to go do this for God. So again, I totally missed it. 
And it just, it didn't really dawn on me that you're not supposed to be doing it. Okay. Yeah. He's supposed to be doing it through you. And it's, it's like when I got my PhD in leadership and all of a sudden in the first year, I realized I may be a leader, but I'm not sure how much I've engaged in the act of leadership. And I was like, okay, all of a sudden I, I saw the light. I got the spark that just that slight paradigm shift. And then I was like, all right, all right. I, I, I think I'm, I'm starting to begin to, to get this. Yeah, man, that's so compelling. Um, did you ever at that time, Tracy, feel like, it, it sounds like you didn't totally know that you were maybe not all the way given over to Jesus in your leadership or, or in a public way. Did you, were you aware of that or if you, well, I like, was, I was. And I think, I think the, the thing with that, this is on me, this is on no one but me. Okay. Cause I was brought up with good routine, good habits to go to church, go in bubble study, Bible study, memorize scripture. But when I got into adult life, I just started doing my own thing and things were going well. And I just, um, I, I thought, well, that's something you do when you're younger to get spiritually grounded. So when you get out into the world, the world doesn't swallow you up. So I just, um, I had my salvation. I call it my get out of hell free card. Um, but then after you believe, there's a great book I read in, the PH, in my PhD study called After You Believe about, but that's just the beginning. Yeah. And now comes the process of community and worship. And if you want to hear what, when you open the Bible, God opens his mouth. And so all that, all those years, I knew I was in pain, not, not pain enough to bring me to my knees because he still blessed me in so many ways. Um, and I was still making wise choices. I, I'm, I didn't throw everything away, but I just, I knew there, there could be so much more, but I refused to get in the word, get uh, faithful right. in communing with the body. And it wasn't until I finally realized he let me do it my own way for 52 years until I finally said, I'm done. I've tried every job, every relationship, <laughs> every salary, every uh, industry. And, and what does it matter? And yeah. so that's when he finally got me. So that, that's so huge, Tracy. Were there any, you know, I feel like sometimes when we are doing our own thing or, you know, we got our own plan that we're working, there's even little, I don't know, little rewards that like keep us there, like, like reinforces like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. Were there any things that kind of like reinforced, yeah, Tracy, this is the right way. This is, this is the smarter way to do this. Well, I think, um, you know, it's the old good to great. Um, God, I was just reading Psalms this morning. Um, and, you know, even though the Israelites so walked away from him, in his mercy, he was kind to them. And he even made their enemies treat them with love. So God still in all of this, you know, here's the thing. He knew in the end, I would see the light and be back. But we forget that God is omniscient. Yeah. So he already has seen this to the end. Even though we have free will, he already knew. So I think he just looked at me and said, you'll get there, little lamb. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you stop fighting, <laughs> the, the, more, the more tremendous it's going to be. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, that, that's really it. I just think, yeah, because God was always gracious with me and I was still doing the right things and I was with the right people but I wasn't falling deeper in love with him. I was going through the motions and yes, I loved him, but it wasn't this deep relationship. That was what was missing. Even right there. I mean, just being with the right people that that'll protect you from a lot of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I had people praying over me. I hung out with great Christian people, but I wasn't all in. I wasn't all in. And I knew I wasn't all in. What are the signs? What did, did, did you, 
did you shape things differently? Like if some, like, did you talk about your Christianity differently? Did, if someone oh, yeah. approached you about it, like, would you just oh, yeah. minimize certain things or like, yeah. what did that look like practically? Yeah. <laughs> like everybody else, it was the very kind of touchy feely and, um, you know, well, as long as you believe in God, you know, God's in many forms and it's like, but in, but in his mercy, God knew I would do that. So there's other people along the way that God will bring back to intersect with that person and speak real truth into them. That's the beauty. That's why I don't beat myself up too bad. Um, but I just, I just was like, um, I knew, I knew about what happens to people when they die without believing in Christ. I know what people are like. I know evil and pe when people reject Christ, but it just didn't, it just didn't, um, the, the praise of what he had done for me and, mm -hmm. and how people can find what they're looking for in life. I just wasn't singing it. Yeah. If you ask me, I tell you, but I wasn't um, emboldened in just looking at people. I wasn't blazing from within. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I just want to affirm what you're saying. Of course, um, God uses everything together for the good. Like we all, we all, Amen. in many ways we jack stuff up and God always knew we would do that. And in his love and, um, his awesomeosity. He just rescues us from stuff and he works stuff for good. So totally, amen. I would want everyone to hear that. What happens, Tracy, when, okay, at some point, you know, you mentioned your PhD program, you, you just begin to get rocked a little bit of like, you know, you're kind of doing this wrong. Like you're, you're missing God's best for you. What was going on there internally and maybe what was going on externally in life? Thank you. And again, um, I, um, I don't think that I ever thought I'm doing it wrong. Okay. I just knew because I believed in Jesus and I, I would read his word and pray, but I just wasn't doing it with an excellence and a zeal that showed that I was in love with Jesus. For example, just got married in January. Okay. Now that I'm married, I act different. I think different. I spend time. I talk different because I am deeply entrenched in this relationship and I want it to grow. Yeah. So it wasn't like, like I would never, I'm still an ethical and a moral person. So um, I would go through marriage before and just be like, you know, okay, I'm not doing anything bad, but I wasn't really all in with it. So, so when I finally realized, and like you said, my PhD program, I realized if I'm going to be studying, Bible leadership from a biblically based worldview with people that have PhDs in theology and demons and stuff. You can't fake it. Okay. Yeah. People, people with the spirit know other people with the spirit. That is so true. That is and I'm like, okay, not that I had to prove myself because, you know, you know, I, I'm not going to be Billy Graham. Okay. Sure. Or Michael Youssef. Um, so I knew they wouldn't judge me where I was in my, in my faith, right. but I still had to be doing the spiritual habits. Yeah. And that included the Sabbathing and the reading and the turning off the trashy TV and, and, the, and the getting healthy habits and, and being around great people. So I had to really um, reevaluate re my habits and turn them more towards things that would help me grow spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, even when I came to the Lord, there was, there was something similar to that. There was a, it wasn't that I was afraid people would judge me or, or anything like that, but there was right. something, there was an awareness of like, I don't want to do less than the real thing. Like I'm, I'm just suddenly aware now 
just for me, I want this to be legit. Otherwise, I'll know that I'm kind of underdoing it. And right. It'll be like and a, God doesn't, right. We have the Imago Dei in us. God doesn't underdo anything. Yeah. So if you let the Holy Spirit control your actions, um, somebody used a term um, the other last week when I was talking to them, and they called it stacking crowns. And right. I'm like, that's it. When you get on fire for the Lord, and it's not that we have to earn our salvation, but everything we do on this planet after we find our name in the Lamb's Book of Life, well, they're going to evaluate. It's the parable of the talents. God is going to evaluate you know, what we did with the gifts he gave us. Oh, and we're going to be working in heaven. I tell people, I don't want to be unemployed in heaven. If I can't sit and, and read the Bible for an af half an hour on earth, what on earth am I going to be doing in heaven for an eternity? You know, yeah. So I was like, oh, I got I to dial this in. And the beauty is, what we're doing now is what we're going to be doing for all in eternal eternity, only with perfect bodies and with perfect knowledge and in perfect peace and on a perfect space. So um, let's get in the good habits now for when it happens. I love that you brought up when you got married and how, you know, of course that changes your relationship to everything. And what a great yes. that is of, yeah, that's how, if I'm really in relationship with Jesus, everything in my universe should shift Right. As my primary sphere of living. Right. Just change how, how stuff goes. What a beautiful image that is for people just to contemplate. Everything changes because of this relationship now. Yeah. And, and the beauty of, uh, you know, marriage. And again, I was single for, I was married once a long time ago. And, um, and so the, I had been single for about 24 years. So I really I can think I alluded to this really idolized my singleness and was looking at, um, well, for, and I say this for any listeners out there that may be on the fence, I idolized my singlehood. And I'm like, yeah, well, God said, it's not good for a man to be alone, but he didn't say anything about a woman, about a woman. <laughs> How stupid and immature is that? And I, I think of people that heard me say that and they're probably like, thank God they didn't just knock me upside the head. But when I, I read John Piper's book about the covenant of marriage, yeah. and I thought, you know what, didn't need to get married. Actually was, didn't really want to get married. But I, when I read that, it talked about that marriage is about you loving one other person on the planet the way Christ loves the church. And I thought, you know what, that this covenantal relationship is another way for me to live out how the Holy Spirit loves me and how Christ loves the church. And so when you look at everything with the, the, the coloration and, and the beauty of Christ and how he did it and God and the Holy Spirit, um, everything becomes different. And that's really, I mean, everything became different. So as you look back, Dr. Jones, tell us about what obviously you were doing good. You're doing wise things. God was blessing your life. Yes. But it always costs us to not pursue Jesus with fire. What did it cost you in terms of you spent these years not pursuing, not, not expressing it this way? Yeah. Well, I'm not you. A lot of things. Um, you know, uh, those of you that have been through a divorce, I mean, we were both Christians, but we did not pursue Christ. Um, there's no telling, only he knows in heaven and he remembers our sin knows more. If we would have got really integrated and sought help, if that could have salvaged. God hates divorce. And there's a reason why, because it is the most, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It's a horrible thing. And even with no kids and we were totally independent, it was as clean as it could be. And it, it just wrecks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and not judging because I went through it, but it, it was just, 
it was just horrible. Um, and be tender if you have friends going through that. Please don't judge them because you don't, you don't know the circumstances of what's going on. You don't know who did what to who or who left who or who fought it. So um, it's hard enough as is, just, just pray for them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that I also, um, I got in jobs that were not really congruent with kingdom building, work for bosses that, you know, I tolerated a lot of stuff that, that wasn't necessarily um, good. Now I'm an ethicist. Even before I was saved, uh, you know, that's strength finders. I'm very much a, you know, hey, we have to do the right thing all the time. But I pursued uh, organizations because I thought, well, the economy and democracy, that'll make the world a better place. If we just raise the standard of living for these poor countries, if we just give them more money, if we just send them better products, technology will save the world. Wrong, 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 wrong. No. And part of the reason why I like seeing what's going on in the world right now is people finally realize we're not evolving, we're de-evolving. And if there was any doubt of that, yeah. I mean, they used to say, well, um, you know, people just evolved to a higher enough thing that we're just going to get better and better. And even Star Trek had that theme running through it. No, we're not. We're, we're so fallen. And if you can't look at this and see what's going on in the world and understand evil and wickedness, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. So it caught me, cost me hiring the wrong people. It cost me um, leaving the wrong people on my team, going through depositions, lawsuits. I mean, it just, my spiritual radar wasn't on. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it was on, but I had doused it and wasn't listening to it. So mm -hmm. God let me bloody my nose quite a few times. Uh, always had my back, but I insisted on, I'm going to do it my way. And, um, and I got, I got hit pretty hard a couple of times. You know, now that you're, you're out in the open about Jesus, he's energizing your leadership. There's just a, there's a greater freedom. There's a greater confidence. There's a greater boldness. How do you feel like your leadership has shifted or changed or upped since you, you know, had this revelation of I'm going, I'm going all out publicly? Well, when you get singular on who you're first and foremost walking with in every area of your life, the, the, the first benefit, the greatest benefit is peace and joy. Because no matter if you get canceled, no matter what, and I'm well aware somebody looking to hire me could be looking at this and going, oh, she's one of them, forget, whatever. Okay. Hmm. Peace and joy are the number one things that you're going to have from this. That's the number one thing the world wants right hmm. now. That's all any, even the atheists want it. Everybody wants it. So that's the added benefit. So you get that in, in spades. And the other thing is when you become a leader, when you get singular on this, number one, number two, you all of a sudden, you get so much more time in your schedule because you get very clear on the people you want in your tribe, who you don't need in your tribe. You know what conversations to have. You know what customers to engage with. You get very clear on a sense of urgency of, okay, I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna spend time on this. Number three, when you speak to people, remember, when you let the Holy Spirit take control of your mouth, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is going to bring people to your sphere for you to dispense truth, prophecy, That's wisdom. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and so, so now I am able to say things to people through the Holy Spirit that I've wanted to say for years and they, they receive it. And they're like, thank you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I would have said that before out of my own spirit, I, the, the relationship would have, would have, <laughs> I would have looked, I would have looked self-righteous. They wouldn't have heard me. So yeah. that's the other thing is you becoming, not you becoming bolden, but you just allow the spirit and, and, and these people start. I, now that I'm full on, I have more people, not just Christians, but mm -hmm. more people that are coming to me to, to partake in my mission because they see it and they will. And that's, that's the Holy spirit. Yeah, that's so true. People are hungry. 
Like, and when we're, when we're shielding people from the light that is in us, yeah, I'm sure there, there's some that won't get their feathers ruffled, but there's others that are starving and They're God, starving. he, he, right. he cannot give God. Once you start to just give God your body and say, Lord, I'll, I'll say whatever you want to whoever you want. He just tees you up and like, okay, well, this is what I've been waiting for. I love that. He does. And especially with what's going on with the world and the riots and the pandemic and stuff like that. And I look at people and I'm like, and they're confused because the world isn't getting to be a better place. All these global organizations, you know, how if we have a, a who did a, a pandemic? Come on, guys. How yeah. if we have a UN or there's still people getting slaughtered all over? No. People are seeing this, and so people are much more freer, and you can honestly really have a great opportunity to say, okay, but what about this is really worrying you? And I've had it, and if they say, because I'm going to die. Okay, well, let's unpack that. And even with some of my Christians that are hand-wringing and stuff, I'm like, now what about this? You already know how this is. You read to the back of the book. You know how the movie ends. Let's unpack. What is it about this? Do you feel not ready to meet God? Um, do you are you unfamiliar with end times eschatology and that that we've already won the victory? Let's unpack this. So it's been a great crisis. Is a beautiful thing because it separates the wheat from the chaff, the men from the boys, the sheep from the goats, and it gets people really focused on who am I and what's next for me and what do I believe. So it's a great time. It's a great time to be out. Yes, it is. So let's, let's, let's go there. And, and um, I want to respect your time, but let me ask you one more kind of bigger thing. Yeah. Dr. Jones, let's say that someone is thinking about this, like they're, they're wrestling to find the courage. They know that if, man, if I kind of get like what I feel like God's put in me, someone's not going to be, you know, if there's family members, people at work, I don't know how work's going to go. If I do this, they're, they're thinking about it, but they're, they don't know what to do next. What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them first and foremost, and again, I had the blessing of always having family that was all Christians. And I've worked in companies where, um, listen, it's 2020. If somebody starts really hating on you for this, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of legal and, legal and HR resources. I'm sorry. I know it's popular to bash on Christianity in the news and media and on social media, but we are, we are protected too. America is a great country. Okay. Yeah. And we yeah. do have a religion. So I would say that I'd say, don't not become a Christian because of your work, because um, I would say the greatest way is to live your faith. Because when people see that you're different, you don't have to pronounce it. I read a great book called The Potential Principle by Edwin Lewis Cole, who did Maximize Manhood. And he said, we have to, the fish has to be caught before it can be cleaned. So before you go to your family and tell them, oh, pronounce this or even work, just catch the fish. Let them see that there's something different in you. And when they ask, then you can share the world word with them because sure. that's a whole different dynamic. You can't get in trouble when somebody comes to me and I just share, well, um, I'll share what works for me. I'm not proselytizing you. I'm just going to share what works for me. And so I think when you approach it that way, people are going to look at you and they're going to see there's something different because there is something different. There's yeah. something unbelievable. You have the, um, the creator in you now. And so when you live that out at work, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. When you, when you do that amongst your friends, people are going to be, but there's going to be drawn to it. And then you can say, so don't live in a spirit of fear. Um, you have found the answer that everyone's looking for. And even if they say, you know, I hear people say, I don't believe in God. I'm like, well, that's fine. Cause God believes in you. He's already, you know, he made you. So, so just understand and own this fact that um, the truth is there, whether they choose not to believe it, that's theirs, but don't, but if you can live that, then maybe they can go, wow, there's somebody really living this in a real way. And I'm close enough to ask them for a personal word of testimony. 
Yeah, that is so good. I think I might even just add the worst thing that person can imagine happening, like they get fired or, or what have you. The only thing worse than that is living your life and getting to the end and regretting that you did not live loudly for Jesus and all he could have done. And then maybe you get to heaven and he shows you the movie of love. Here's the life you could have had if you would have just come out and lived loud for Jesus. Right. And, and, and there's other souls that are interacting with you that your name is in the land's book of life. This isn't yet. This is really serious business. This is why he's tarrying and not coming back yet that that none should perish without him. So, so just, and like I said, if you do it in a loving way, I mean, if you're working for a company that is, if you're working for like a company that is anti-Christian, yeah, you, you probably, there's going to be a value non-congruence and you're need, you're going to need to find another job. Or if you're hanging out with friends that engage in immoral and, and ethical or illegal behavior, drugs, robbery, you're going to need to find some new friends. So forget them rejecting you. You're going to have to step away because you're a different thing. You're bought and paid for. And there's going to be some things that just, that, that are not going to sit well with your soul anymore. And the Holy Spirit's going to let you know. So that's the other thing. We need to look at finding, finding the places where um, we can be tended to and nurtured and grown. That is so, man, that is so, we're in such an, an age of isolation. And I don't, man, I just don't think you can do this Jesus thing without really supportive people, without community, without a tribe, without folks that have got your back. And they're not doing everything right. But man, you're right. better off with people that jack stuff up than out yeah. on your own. Yeah, and people say that, well, I want to hang around with the sinners. And it's like, but but Christ brought sinners to him, and then they got integrated to grow and be discipled, okay? Yeah. He didn't hang out with sinners just to hang out with sinners, okay? Yes. I used to do that. Well, I'll drink at the bar with the non-Christians, and that's my testimony. Come on, guys. That's a very immature thing. And so, um, but one of the things I read in my devotions was, the Holy Spirit does not work in us in isolation, where the power of the Holy Spirit comes out in community. So remember that when you become a believer, you need to get with other believers. I don't care COVID or not. My church never shut down. Okay. I'm still interacting. I'm still going out. I'm still worshiping. I'm still doing my small group. Yes, I follow the rules, but there's things out there. You can get online and still be in community. Most people are back to work now, so you can still get fed. But where the Holy Spirit really energizes is with the synergy with other, where two or more are gathered. And so, like you said, when you go all in, then God's, you're going to know the conversations to have because all of a sudden these people are going to start popping into your life and you're like, where did they come from? Oh, oh, I know where they came from. The Holy Spirit brought them to me. So that's another important thing too. We got to have community. Yeah. This is not a chance to lay in your bed and be a bed spring Baptist or a a bread spring Baptist, or what is it? A Methodist magic. I'm just going to lay in church and and, and watch it on TV. Mm -mm. Tracy, I'm so glad that you did decide that you were just going to take Jesus' hand and go all the way out there. So thank you so much for your leadership. Um, I know that many are already aware of you, but where can they find out more information? How can they follow you more closely? Oh, thanks so much. Mark, I, I'm on TremendousLeadership.com. If you get on there, you'll find free eBooks. You'll find free webinars. You'll find the link to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, and you'll get to see the tremendous interview I did with Mark. And um, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, all that stuff, Instagram. All that stuff is on TremendousLeadership.com uh, on the page. And also TracyCJones.com is my speaking page. So TremendousLeadership.com, we've got incredible resources. I'm also on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with all of you and and grow the body together kingdom build so we can stack crowns together yeah guys you heard it here she is fierce and fiery 
Dr. Tracy Jones, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Mark. God bless you all. God bless you. Well, hey, that's about all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember that you can get that free ebook, How to Attract Positive Change, just by subscribing at the website, BibleLeadership.com. And if this has been helpful, I would love to see you over at BibleLeadership.com or stop by the Facebook page or subscribe in your favorite podcast app if you haven't already and check out my YouTube channel. Now, if you want to be a super amazing rock star, you could always share this on social media or leave a review in iTunes. And if you're a super fan, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Bible leadership, where you can become a patron and help us create more digital resources to help people grow as spiritual leaders for as little as $3 a month. Now, hey, it's a dark world right now. One mistake up-and-coming leaders make is they don't feel official because maybe they don't have the title they're thinking they should have. Don't you make that mistake. People need someone to point them toward Jesus. We can do this mildly. We'll do it meekly. But we also do this earnestly and without apology. We're always going to have not enough people who are willing to push forward and lead for Jesus. So whatever you do, lead strong today. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.